0: Welcome, is indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. My contributor, none other than Mr. Jackson White, co-founder and editor in chief of Politiscope and TYT Rebel HQ creator. Should be interesting also in the bullpen, we have Grayson Quay. Grayson Quay wants to break down guns in America. And if the recent mass shootings will impact upcoming elections. Okay, top story of the day, a cop, a police officer in the state of Georgia has admitted to raping a woman while in uniform at gunpoint in front of her friend. Put up the picture of this sick SOB. The city that hired him was well aware of his background with sexual assault. I have the proof. The cop you are looking at is now going to face roughly 25 years in prison. He admitted this ex Lithonia police officer who had a prior sexual assault allegation. While with the Atlanta Police Department in Georgia pleaded guilty to raping a woman during a 2019 traffic stop. That's according to the DeKalb County's district attorney's office. All right, let's put up the picture of his mug shot. His name is David Wilborn. David Wilborn, once again, history of sexual assault and a history of cover up from other police departments, I have to warn you about this story. Because what you are about to hear is one of the most egregious violations that you have heard probably in a very long time. The DeCab DA Sherry Boston said in a release on Friday that 45 year old David Wilborn pleaded guilty to charges including rape, Aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and more. In September of 2019, this is your background. This cop, according to the DA's office, made a stop in DeKalb County, Georgia by blocking a car with his patrol vehicle and first took the driver out and ordered him on the ground, okay? Let me show you a picture of the woman who prosecuted this case. Sherry Boston is the DA of Dekalb County, there's more after asking for the passenger's ID. He ordered her to walk to the back of the vehicle where he then brandished his weapon before raping her. That's according to the DA. So he pulls over a car by blocking it. He takes out the male driver and then tells the female passenger to go to the other side and he proceeds to rape her. You will learn he raped her at gunpoint. There's more, Officer Wilborn also told the victim to repeat. And I quote, nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened according to the DA's office. The officer then told the victim's friend he could get up off the ground and allowed them both to get back into the car and leave. The release from the DA's office said. The victim immediately called the police after arriving home. Described the unknown police officer to law enforcement. Now I wanna remind you, this got reported, okay? He literally pulled someone over, raped an individual in front of somebody and went back to work. He was in full uniform, pulled out his gun, raped the woman, put her back in the car, told them to leave. Went back to work. Do you think that was his first time doing this? Do you think this was the only time he had engaged in such a criminal matter? An investigation then identified Wilburn as the officer who committed the assault following his guilty plea, which just happened. Wilborn was sentenced to a term of life in prison to serve 25 years without parole. That's because the DA decided not to give in to the plea deal. With the balance on probation, he must also register as a sex offender if he's ever released alive. Officer Wilborn was previously a cop, okay? So I'm gonna give you background to his long history. He was a cop with the city of Atlanta. But he resigned in 2007, why? Because of an allegation of sexual assault, he was never charged. 11 Alive News reported in 2019 that Wilburne had been with APD from 2006 and 2008 and then in 2007, he was accused of going to a sex store while on duty and asking a worker to have sex with him. The foul stated he asked the worker, to show him her breast and that he rubbed her thigh and funded himself. After that, the cop was placed on administrative leave and resigned, all right? He was reported. Then there's another one, post certification. His post certification, this is what allows you to be a cop, was suspended from 2008 to 2010. This guy could not legally be a cop between 2008 to 2010. Once again, never charged with a crime, he was suspended from post. Then they followed up with a 24 month probationary period. You have a two year suspension and then a two year probationary period that then expired. He was never charged in the 2007 incident. Once his expiration happened, He was able to then apply to be a cop again. So he goes to the city of Lithonia. city of Lithonia, a metropolitan city not too far from Atlanta decided to hire him. They hired him knowing the background. It was part of a summary report. Post certification had the record and the city had the record as well. They decided to bypass the reality of his background in order to hire him to be a cop. Let's put up the picture of the now interim police chief of the city of Latonia. Donald Dejarnet is the current chief, he's the interim there. Now let me say this, this is proof positive about the rape culture Not only in this country, but the rape culture that permeates in the industry of policing, this man had credible allegations against him. Multiple investigations from other departments. He admitted to some of this on the record during those IA Internal Affairs investigations, he was later suspended, put on probation, never charged and allowed even with the summary on his record, allowed To become a cop again and what happens he pulls over a driver in the city of Latonia. He proceeds to rape the passenger at gunpoint in his uniform at a park. The city who hired him is also responsible for the victims. And I say victims intentionally because I do not believe this was the only one, this is the one who decided to report. Now he's going to prison and now those in the city and others are saying, well, justice was served, we got rid of a bad one. Well, you, are the reason the bad one even had a job again. At this point, I am encouraging the victims not only to come forward, But to file litigation against the city government who continue to ignore the reality of his criminal conduct because they are responsible as well. All right, we're gonna continue to follow this story. I do not think it ends with his sentence. Jackson thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, so my initial thoughts are one of the common themes that you see in cases like this is. People have some type of a background where they commit these acts, whether it be sexual crimes or acts of violence, whether that be domestic acts in the home. Or that be on the streets, you see that people often commit these types of things repetitively. So, you know, if we were to pass simple measures in our law enforcement just to make sure that people like this don't get rehired, you know, the amount of people who get killed uh, on the job would drastically go down. And then the incidences like this would drastically go down if we just, you know, made sure that people like this couldn't be rehired. But again, as you pointed out, it's a lot to do with the culture that exists within the institutions because if they actually were to hold themselves to account, then they would have to set that precedent and actually not let these people back on. Yep. So, you know, again, simple measures really, really could go a long way. And I think this is a good example of that.
0: Very well said. And I would like to make sure we always add this for the record. The George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act, if it were law today, It would be a database publicly available for you and I to look up any cop in the United States of America and find their background. They don't want that. That's what they want to avoid. They wanna know your background, but they don't want you to know theirs. So that's why we have to fight for continued transparency, not only in law enforcement, but government in general, all right. Hellacious story, all white cheerleading squad decided it was a good idea to have a black mascot, a black mannequin as a mascot and name the mannequin Kareem. Let's put up the picture for mass, let me give you some background to this. What you see visible is the mascot, a group of high school cheerleaders decided to share on social media. They posed with the black mannequin head that they called Kareem. Let's put up the other picture, okay? Once again, all white cheerleading squad, according to NBC Bay Area, the incident occurred in California's East Bay Area and was a screenshot by an Instagram account called Black Bay Area, which tagged the cheer team from California High School. Now, the posting is being examined by San Raymond Valley United School District. The superintendent spoke up. So Dr. John Malloy said of the incident and I quote, this is not something that we could accept nor will we tolerate. He maintained that the school district had been expanding on campus sensitivity training, so the post came as a surprise. Wait a minute, um, Mr. Superintendent, uh, I think you're lying. If you're in the middle of expanding sensitivity training as it relates to racism on campus, then that means you're not surprised that racism is on campus. That's what that means. So let's start with the bull here. Okay, you have a cultural problem on your campuses. You knew this. That's why you were expanding sensitivity training, right? Am I right, Doc? Okay, there's more. Uh, Dr. Malloy said, and I quote, We have worked with our students, our staff, and our administrators. Having said that, though, most of our work has happened with our administrators. Going forward, We're going to spend more time supporting our staff, not only to interrupt any issues of discrimination, but to educate so our students and community do better. Okay, now let me go ahead and bring it all the way home. Let's put the picture up again. The pictures that we have been exposed to were not taken in secret. This cheerleading squad, saying our mascot is a black mannequin known as Kareem was something well known by the coaching staff, by the faculty, and by the parents. When the superintendent says he was shocked, well, yeah, he was shocked they posted it. But he should not be shocked it was happening because nobody else at the school was shocked about it happening. Now that we have been exposed to it, All of a sudden there's a clutch my pearls moment, why I never, there's more. The superintendent contended, we don't accept this, we understand that it's wrong. And we also understand that it's harming some members of our community more than others, especially those who may identify as black or African American. Once again, that's Dr. John Malloy who made that statement. I wanna remind you, this is an all white cheerleading squad. But the institution, the school itself is not all white. That's a problem, a parent did speak up about it. Um, the social media post came from the California High School's cheer stunt team, which according to ABC 7 News has since deleted its page. In it, the all white team is seen posing with the mannequin head. One that appears to be used for cosmetology classes, one area parent Miss Angelica Tucker said her daughters are actually interested in joining the team and the lack of representation is a problem. She hopes that the squad will become authentically diverse in membership and not just with a doll head, okay? Miss Tucker also said and I quote, it can open up their eyes to the fact that there's no representation that looks like them on the cheerleading squad. And maybe they will be the first ones to do it. If they meant it as a statement talking about the cheerleaders, they should have clarified that if they meant it as a joke, it's not funny. Um, So you have either ignorance or racism, whatever the spectrum may be here. The reality is not only are the cheerleaders at fault obviously, but this happened at the school facility. This happened at the school building. These pictures were not taken off campus. These pictures were taken on campus. These pictures were not taken uh, in some photo shoot at a restaurant. This was a photo shoot at the school. The school is a restricted environment, meaning there are certain behaviors acceptable and certain behaviors unacceptable on the school campus. They did not hide this. As I said earlier, the coaching staff was aware, the teachers were aware This was part of their atmosphere, part of their culture. And it simply went unchecked and look at it now, all of a sudden they wanna get right. The administrators wanna do the right thing, the superintendent is talking right. You allowed this culture to permeate in your institution. This is not only the fault of these cheerleaders, but also those adults who are in authority have failed them. Jackson, thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, so you pointed it out exactly. You know, the only reason that they were, you know, coming to the defense and saying that they had a problem is because it's got exposed. And, you know, I experienced a lot of this just in the side Like, you know, I live in Jersey, New York area now, but I grew up in St. Louis and it's a lot more segregated. And, you know, even though the high schools aren't all white necessarily, you know, you got to think a lot of these neighborhoods where these white kids are coming from are all white so they grow up in these bubbles where you know in their eyes and in their worlds they kind of go into these schools where there's these black kids and these latino kids and all these other people and then they return to what's you know what they think is their world especially with the cultural wars that we have going on right now and everything that's going on with the GOP you know so again even though they go to a school that isn't all white they still live in worlds where that type of stuff is acceptable so this type of culture is very prevalent in high schools all over the country and especially where neighborhoods are more segregated it's they I grew up seeing and I'm I'm only 30 years old I graduated in 2010 but even back then you know what I'm saying I was seeing it so it's not surprising to see it now
0: yeah and once again this is a bullying aspect of school systems, it needs to be tackled as such. But republicans want you to think that CRT is the boogeyman, not even taught in K through 12 education.
2: We first
0: covered this pastor who went to jail for watering flowers, no joke. There's no hyperbole there. He literally got incarcerated for watering flowers. We have an update to the story now. Now to give you some background, remember, this pastor came home from church. His neighbors were out of town and they made a request. They said, hey, can you water our flowers while we are gone? Pastor says, yes, he's a good neighbor, good guy. Waters the flowers. A white neighbor sees him down the street. She decides to call the police on him. Police come. There's a back and forth. He tells them why he's there. They know he's telling the truth. But they decide to arrest him anyway. Okay, well, all charges have been dropped against uh the pastor. Let's put his picture up again. His name is uh Reverend Michael Jennings. Uh Pastor Jennings now has had all charges dropped. In a statement released Thursday, the Childersburg Police Chief, Richard B. McClelland, announced that after an investigation, he had requested all charges against. Pastor Jennings be dropped. Jennings was arrested and charged with obstructing government operations. Let's put a picture up of the chief, okay? This should have happened same day by the way, took the chief long enough to get around to it. In his statement, the chief said he reviewed the 911 call and the body camera footage as well as interviewed the officers who responded to the scene. He said and I quote, as a result of my investigation, I have recommended to the municipal judge of the city of Childersburg that the warrant be dismissed with prejudice. And the judge has dismissed the aforementioned charge against Michael Jennings. Uh, Jennings, let's put his picture up again. Jennings told uh, CBS 42 news that he was actually happy that the charges had been dropped, but what they put him through was totally unnecessary. And they had no case, okay? Now, once again, the officers were aware he was committing no crime. The person that called 911 was there and said, you know what? I have made a mistake. I was wrong, please don't arrest him. This is my neighbor, I know him, I made an error. They said, "Oh no ma'am, this boy gone with us. That good old boy system, we're gonna put him in his place. Why do you think they wanted to put him in his place? He wasn't out of place. He was legally able to be there. You have the right to move. Freedom in this country should be allocated to everyone, right? But here's what happened. They told him, give us your ID. He said, listen, I don't have my ID. All right, I'm out here watering plants for my neighbor, but you can go to my house. My wife is inside the house. Here's the address. You can go there and you can ask her. They decided not to. They decided not to do that very simple investigative technique of asking a witness, and they put him in jail. Now there are some people who are actually saying, "Well, I'm very glad that charges were dropped." No, damn it, the cops need to be charged now. That's an abuse of authority. They lied on the police report. That's violation of oath. You know, those things are crimes. They are crimes. We have become so accustomed. To cops being able to do things illegally, that them being held accountable for doing something illegal to a citizen is just off the reservation, outside of the box thinking. But it needs to be normative. Jennings said that the fallout from his arrest was a nightmare. He said it was a nightmare. One where he worried what the impact would be on his life and his job. One website called bustedcounty.com teledegacounty.com put his mug shot online after his arrest. He said, and I quote, a lot of folks are going to believe that, think he is a crook. But now Pastor Jennings said he is working on getting his life back to normal. All right, okay, Jackson thoughts here.
1: Yeah, well, the bottom line is that black men and just black people in America are easy targets for law enforcement because it's always been that way. And also, you know, blacks in this country don't have a lot of resources to fight back in the legal system. And so even though they pulled up and even though he wasn't doing anything intimidating, he was just watering plants, just hanging out, you know, they're the ones with the guns, they're the ones with the team. Even though the person who called the police informed them that, hey, I made a mistake they pulled up they already had their minds made up so that's really all it is you know black men are a threat black men are taught to be seen as a threat not just in police academies but just all throughout the culture a lot of these people growing up all they ever see of black people on tv is some hood rich movie whereas you know that's all they ever see they flip to the bt and they see some hood rich story they don't see anything other than that so that's the picture that is painted you know, so that's just the, the that that's just what it is in this country.
0: Yeah, and the police chief receives no hero cookie from me. No, because he knew this was a bad arrest. He knew this man was racially profiled and targeted, and he knew his cops lied about why they arrested him initially. All of that still did not get these cops fired nor charged with anything. And until we're able to hold cops accountable to their actual position, we will continue to have a great divide between communities and cops abroad. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Uh, Let me thank everyone in advance uh, for writing in. Also today, uh, I will actually be on satellite radio. I'll be on Sirius XM with Karen Hunter on the Karen Hunter show. So that's right after Indisputable. So I'm gonna hang out with her, uh, I think for roughly about maybe an hour. Um, So tune in if you can, all right, tune in if you can. Karen Hunter, a remarkable truth teller as well, all right. Got a lot of comments before I get to the comments. Uh, let me remind everyone about the primary tomorrow. Progressives and the establishment will go head to head in another round of primary elections Tuesday, June 7th. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time to catch Jank John, Ida Rodriguez, JR, Jessica Burbank, and more. Break down the results, all right? Uh, so, Make that happen, we're gonna be everywhere. You can watch at t forward slash live, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or catch us on the linear cable stations, all right? Okay, Mickey C, the silver-haired dragon, says, and I quote, just another side of the feeling of power and control that cops feel entitled to. How many cops do the same, then threaten the victims who are afraid to report? That's right, talking about the cop who raped a woman during a traffic stop. Uh, wild or wild nor cow Marxist, as far as dragon pure racism. I grew up in the Bay Area and there's a lot of racism there talking about the Chilean squad. Um, not dweezil aka tail wagon dragon pastor still has an arrest record. That is actually correct. I looked up the law in Alabama. He would have to go through another process in order to get his arrest either sealed or exonerated. He still has an arrest record. You are 100% accurate. James Thymond says anyone abused should not be, a, should be able to not only sue him, his current department, but also every single previous department that helped cover it up. The only way it would change, that's right. And you gotta think about this because he's not just corrupt in one area. And this is something I forgot to mention in the segment. When someone is corrupt, they're not just corrupt in one area, he's corrupt in other ways. You think he's above planting evidence on somebody lying on a police report? You think he's above that, but he'll rape somebody? No, he's corrupt in all facets, all right, Um, cold dragon uh, dragon. Seriously, what kind of criminal waters the flowers? This was obviously a racist act. That's right, you pull up on the black male. And by the way, he actually still had on his, his suit and tie. He was coming from church, he was a pastor and he's watering flowers. You think that's a criminal? He needs to go to jail and you're supposed to be an investigator. Okay, got something for everybody, ladies and gentlemen. I wish a Karen would.
2: You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a you Sunday? You're, you're I feel so threatened. Right. Back you. off! I'm in
3: trouble. There's an African American
1: man threatening my life. people like you. We're not in your way. Now take the order. I wish a Karen
2: would.
0: Yes, you heard right. She said, "I wish a Karen would." I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat proud of that moment, but there's more. I'm
2: going to come
0: back with
2: my gun, you know, I'm going to shove it up your ass. That's going to kill you, because you you're yeah. yeah. People come in here, you tough ass. What the <laughs> do you think
3: we come in here for? Yeah, yeah. What is the problem? How
2: many hours do you have to wait to the
1: counter? Hey, hey. Uh, 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 Faith, Faith.
2: Call 91. we have the order the Wait, to
0: take our order. Okay, I have more video. This particular Karen decided to become verbally abusive to those who were in charge of making her food. One, she said they were taking too long. Two, she decided not to wear a mask, even though they had a mask policy, okay? There's more video she did end up threatening them according to the narrator. Here it is.
1: They came to this door, this door is locked, you can't come in. And she didn't even say thank you or nothing. She just like, she said she was going to come back with bullets. Baby, I don't know that I come in here every day and don't Mm -hmm. know nobody's name. She said she was going to come back with bullets, so.
0: Really? You see, this has all to do with privilege, your perceived status. Okay, somebody may not have taken your order at the time you thought it should be taken or they have a rule that you don't like, like wearing a mask. And you think the way to resolve it is to verbally abuse those who work in the food service industry or threaten to kill them with bullets. Who in the hell do you think you are? Now every time we will defend those who are working their ass off, trying to serve you and you're acting like an ass in the process. We will defend those workers. All right, Jackson thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, so I think unfortunately a lot of the time these carriers who act out like this, they they will use the fact that they're also women to their advantage cuz they think that they won't get hit or something like that and they think that they can say whatever they want and go as crazy as they want do whatever they want not to say that men don't do that as well but we're just talking about Karen's right now and i think that that's definitely a part of what a lot of these crazy women do they're like oh i'm you know i'm i'm white and i'm a woman so i won't get hit no one will do anything to me i can just do whatever i want and unfortunately well, fortunately, rather, we point them out all the time. But yeah, that's a lot of what that entitlement is too.
0: Yeah, and let's put up the graphic of this, Karen. Let's put a graphic up because we have not been able to identify this, Karen, that was at a Del Taco. Okay, all right. See that guy, his name is Antoine William Tuxon, 37, of Maryland. He was posing as a deputy U.S. marshal, he had weapons, had police-style vehicles, realistic-looking IDs, and even a trained, and this is in quotes, bite dog, all right? Keep his picture up. According to a statement Monday from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Maryland, Tuxent is accused of impersonating a federal officer and being a felon in possession of a firearm. Tucson has been posing as a law enforcement officer across multiple states for the past 15 years, Tuxin was first charged with impersonating an officer in West Virginia in 2006. But the charges were dropped. In 2009, he was arrested in DC on charges related to impersonating again. But the case was overturned on appeal, dropped. Then in 2018, according to a Charles County Sheriff's Office report, Tucson responded to a robbery in progress at a bar and identified himself as a U.S. marshal to both the victim and the police. Hold the hell up. When did the U.S. marshal start responding to robberies in progress? Okay, he got away with it. Let's show some of the imagery of the artillery, handcuffs, badges. This was; These things were recovered during his arrest on March 6th, all right? Um, he even had U.S. Marshal K-9 unit badges, police U.S. Marshal tags for his vehicle, U.S. Marshal K-9 unit tags. I might have made these tags for him. Investigators also found a printer for making ID cards, fake US Marshals ID cards, with embedded computer chips to resemble those used by federal government officials, body armor, and a sophisticated security system. Once again, 15 years. A search warrant of Tucson's house also turned up an AR-15 style rifle and a pistol grip pump action shotgun. Now, did he have help? According to the authorities, he did. Tuxens accused accomplice Najia Nicole Rich, 40 of Baltimore. Is also charged with impersonating a federal officer and conspiracy to uh, to impersonate a federal officer. Prosecutor says Miss Rich posed as Tuxens supervisor on the phone when police began to question Tuxens status as a US marshal. Both were arrested Friday and if convicted Tuxen and Rich each face a maximum of three years in prison on the impersonation charge. The conspiracy charge against Rich carries a maximum of five years. Tuxen also faces a maximum of ten years in prison on the charge of being a felon in possession of a firearm. The rules started to unravel earlier this year after Tuxen became a security guard at a restaurant by holding himself out to be a deputy U.S. Marshal, okay? So it's not even a great cover story. He says he's a deputy U.S. Marshal, but he wants to be security. At this particular facility in March while Tucson was on duty at the restaurant with his patrol dog. Tuxon tried to detain two women who had disputed the bill and were attempted to leave the restaurant, according to the prosecutors. When the woman fled, Tuxon pursued them down the road where he encountered responding officers from the Prince George's County Police Department. All right, so here come the real police, he's a fake police. But he is working with the real police now to apprehend this person. Tuxon displayed a fake badge falsely identified himself to the officers as a deputy U.S. Marshal. The cops, however, were suspicious. Why? Because Tucson left his canine at the restaurant. And on-duty canines are trained to never leave an assigned officer's side. Can we put up a picture of the K nine? You done brought the damn dog into this. Dog's got to eat, Doctor Richie. Come on, man. <laughs> this is a beautiful dog. When Prince George's officers began questioning him about his purported status as a marshal, <clears throat> prosecutors say Miss Rich, his accomplice, then pulls over the phone as Tux's supervisor to vouch for him. Eventually, prosecutors said Rich showed up at the scene in tactical pants a bulletproof vest and what appeared to be an extendable baton and told officers the dog was her emotional support animal in addition to being a patrol dog. Okay, let's put up the pictures again, explain what's happening here, all right? On the left, the dog was later uh, is the dog was later handed over to the county's animal services division, uh, but Ms. Rich was able to retrieve the dog the next day after showing up in police-style clothing and telling the animal service officers the dog belonged to a US Marshal. They fell for it. Again, in late 2020, Tucson registered the trademark USMS Special Services and registered multiple vehicles in that name, USMS United States Marshal Service. Two of the vehicles were equipped with flashing red and blue lights. And a forged document from the Maryland Motor Vehicle Administration, registering the two vehicles as emergency vehicles, was also recovered in the house search. The document is on the right. Listen, man, listen, uh, uh, brother. (laughs) <laughs> um, why not just become the police? I mean, they they have hired convicted felons before. Yep. We have reported on this right here. Uh, and I, I guarantee you would have found somebody in this country willing to hire you. Uh, I'm glad that this individual has been caught. We don't know what else this was used for. I just have to imagine it was used for more than just kicks, that there was some level of either um, con mm. um, or something else happening here. My question to the prosecutors, and look, let's be clear, nobody should be impersonating a
3: police officer. Yeah. Having said that, did this fake cop respect people's first, fourth, (laughs) fifth amendment rights? Yeah. Because if he did, then that's better than a lot of cops that are out there probably in that same Prince George's County department who do not show that same level of respect for
0: ordinary citizens. That's that's actually
3: true. So yes, throw the book at him because he impersonated a cop, but let's also maybe somehow say look the guy's clearly creative he clearly put a lot of effort into this if he respected people's rights and let's use this and say he was an <laughs> exemplary police yeah.
0: officer in how he interacted with the public you know this literally reminds me of a movie that Martin Lawrence was in where he impersonated a cop in or does anybody remember the name of that movie he impersonated a cop in order to get a diamond back All right, that he had stolen from a robbery. Anyway, I'm sure somebody in the chat. Money Chase. That's what it was. It may not have, I don't think it was Money Chase. All right, we'll get it. I know inquiring minds would like to know. Somebody finally did it. They kind of told the truth about when they believed America was great. Here it is. Just keep it flying. Keep it flying? And, and why do you want to keep it flying? Why do you want to, why would anybody want to erase our heritage? Well,
3: some people would say that that flag symbolizes uh, racism, it symbolizes slavery. Um, and they might have some valid points there. Uh, that's their opinion, You know, they're welcome to their opinion if they want it. Are you, are you pro slavery or against slavery? I have no comment, but thank you for the interview. I'll give you one more chance. It, it, Pro, pro or anti-slavery, uh, no comment. I, well, I'll i give you one more opportunity no to say if you're pro or anti-slavery.
0: No, no comment. Okay, put up his picture. This individual obviously racist as hell, old ass racist man, who has decided that his attire says it all. Make America great again keep the confederate flag flying and he has no comment on slavery. There it is. If you are still falling for the confederate flag is about heritage. No, 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 it's about racism and slavery. If you are still confused about that, let me say it like this. Nobody is actually confused about that. Everybody knows exactly what the confederate flag is about. Everybody knows what make America great again is about. He kind of admitted it. Now they've been afraid to say it out loud. They've been afraid to publicly proclaim it and he's still kind of scared to say it himself. Uh, This was on the good liars site. Uh, This was quite interesting. Uh, This was a man attending, let's put his picture back up. He was attending the recent NRA conference in Houston, Texas. Uh, He was interviewed by uh, a comedian who got him on record, um, saying exactly what we know to be accurate based on what they believe. Okay, you know what won't happen right now? You will not see executives of the NRA, remember he's an NRA member. He was at the NRA conference. You will not hear executives of the NRA say, why this person does not represent the values of the National Rifle Association. No, they will not denounce him because they embrace his ideology. You will not hear Mitch McConnell or Donald Trump or Matt Gates or even black Republicans like Tim Scott come out to say this individual is adversarial to what we stand for in the conservative movement. No, they will not. Why? Because they depend on racist SOBs like him in order to remain in power. People like Trump, Gates, McConnell, Scott, they're not leaders. They're feckless because leadership challenges those in front of them when challenge is required. But they are not leaders whatsoever. They are simply following the extreme racist inside of their political party. The Republican Party has now de evolved to what you just saw. Because not one major leader in the conservative movement will actually stand against that old ass racist white man. Isn't that something? Jackson thoughts.
1: Well, it's exactly like you said, there's absolutely nothing they can do because they depend on those votes. At the end of the day, they're feckless, they're just buttons on a machine. And really what the GOP has become is just a concentrate for far right wing extremism. Their base is so homogenous, they don't have the same type of hurdles that the Democratic Party has. But unfortunately, because the Republican Party has allowed their base to just continuously go further and further and further to the right to keep them not focused on policy matters. You know, th- there's nothing they can do. So this guy is who the Republican Party is. That's the direction that they're headed and they're not gonna stand up to say anything or do anything about it anytime soon. That's our job.
0: Yep, there you go. Very well said uh, and we embrace our jobs daily. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay.
2: Uh, let me read at least
0: one more comment, and then we'll continue. Um, Modork says, "So they don't, so they won't say it out loud, which means they know it's awful. I can't even." Talking about the guy who said, "No comment." Yeah, you're right. It's so awful. He's like, "I can't even say it out loud, but you know what I'm saying." Okay. 12 year old kid goes into a convenience store and robs the place with his grandfather's gun. Here's the footage. All right, damn shame. Okay, put up the graphic of the 12 year old robbing this store. Scaring the hell out of everybody at the store, okay? I'm gonna give you some background to this. Let's keep that graphic up. This happened in Michigan of all places. This happened in Michigan. That was a 12 year old who just did that. According to the police, this 12 year old had discussed with classmates which gas station he thought was the least secure. He was creating his target list and did exactly what he told his classmates he was going to do. All right, the 12 year old is now in custody after he walked into this Hartford Michigan gas station around 4 PM last Wednesday. He stood in line with all the other customers before pulling out a 9 millimeter handgun. Let's show the graphic of him uh, pulling this gun right before he shot up the ceiling. All right, the 911 call was made shortly after that. He left with the money. Hartford police chief Teresa Beltran, let's put up her picture. Uh, She spoke with the local outlet stating she located the uh, 12 year old behind some buildings about a block and a half away from the gas station. All right, so the 12 year old was arrested, there was no incident. He had been placed in the county juvenile center after he was deemed a public safety risk. The 12 year old, who has not been identified because he is a minor, has been charged with six felonies, including armed robbery, discharge of a firearm and assault with a dangerous weapon. The gun used in the robbery belongs to his grandfather, who lives with him and is the legal guardian. He had reportedly retrieved the firearm from the grandfather's safe. Where it was loaded and had two magazines. Let me pause right there. One of the reforms that many of us have been pushing for is to create stricter penalties that include criminal and civil for parents, for guardians, who refuse to properly secure their guns, common sense. As a matter of fact, in the state of Georgia, there's a commissioner, a progressive commissioner in DeKalb County named Ted Terry. Ted Terry presented legislation to create a civil penalty if a guardian left a gun unsecured. The state of Georgia has a ridiculous law that will not allow local jurisdictions to pass common sense local gun laws. Isn't that something? All right, so the gun used in the robbery does belong to the grandfather. Police confirmed that the grandfather was unaware the child could access the safe according to their narrative. The Hartford police lieutenant, let's put up his picture. His name is Mike Prince. So Lieutenant Prince, Said even after 38 years, he told the local outlet every day, I'm seeing something new at this job. Um, What really flabbergasted me is that he being the 12 year old showed no emotion. Well, wait a minute, uh, Lieutenant, we have a gun culture in America. America's culture is rooted in violence, is rooted in guns so much so It's in the US Constitution, you have a right to have this gun. This is what the 12 year old has been taught. You have a right to have this gun. You have a right to the privilege that you exist inside of. This is the natural conclusion of the indoctrination of America. That's what this is. Don't act as if all of a sudden you're shocked Lieutenant that this is strange, that this is just outside of what you ever could have imagined. At some point, we as a nation will have to deal with the reality that those who founded this country got it wrong. They got it wrong, they messed up, they're human. They made some mistakes in this document, we know it's the constitution. Evidence in the fact that we have amendments to the constitution. That's just another word for correction. It is not a perfect document. It is full of flaws, just like the man who wrote it. Um, he told us he didn't do it for the money. He said he would have thrown the money into the sewer. He would not give us an explanation why he did it. Isn't that something? Jackson, thoughts here?
1: So I think one of the more unfortunate things about you know people who are so dead set on absolutely nothing being done about gun rights is how false their fears are about the government coming after them, as if they will somehow be able to fight against jets and helicopters and tanks and heat-seeking missiles and all of those things like that. But one of the things that really stuck out to me about this story is that even if he didn't get this gun from his grandfather, there's so many weapons in this country that he could have gotten it from somewhere else more likely than not. I mean, I can think of in multiple states right now where I can get guns off the streets and I'm old enough to not even have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, they're absolutely everywhere because like you said, from the time this country was founded, it's part of the country's constitution. It's 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 part of what got this place going. And it's one of the most protected amendments that we have. And it's one of you know the most corrupt areas that we have in our political system. So it's just crazy to think about how many weapons there really are and how easy it is for anybody to get them legally or not.
0: Yeah, well said. Christians who are really just fascists decided to physically assault, physically attack members of the LGBTQ community. Here's some of that video. Leave the
2: kids alone! Leave the kids alone! Hey, hey! Leave the kids alone! Leave the kids alone!
0: Damn shame. All right. Here's what the protesters were doing outside of the bar. You
2: guys are
1: Alex, move these on. Here down. They won't let us in. Alex died. The fist of Christ will come down on you very soon. Uh, the fist
3: of Christ, You're done with yeah. this. Is that your fist. You're done with this. It's your fist. It's your fist of Christ. You disgust me.
0: I'm so sick and damn tired of people like that using Christianity to divide, to justify physical violence to other individuals. Not to walk in a spirit of love or coalition building a unity, but to create destruction, disunity. Let me give you some background to this. Uh, The man who proclaims himself as a Christian fascist, uh, his name is John Doyle. Let's put up his picture. Uh, He's there with his buddy Kyle Rittenhouse, okay? Jason Whitlock would comment on the event, put up his tweet. He said, this is satanic. This is satanic? No, it was actually a family event. It was a family event by people who brought their families. They would like to celebrate who they are, which they have a right to do in this country. Do you not find it ironic that the same people who will say things like, we need freedom in America, are the same individuals trying to take freedom away? If you really believe that parents should have freedom, why would you then go to places where parents have their children? And try to physically take their actual exercise freedom away. Because this is not about freedom for you. This is all about people doing what you want them to do. This is about you ruling the behavior of others. You're not tolerating behavior, you're not celebrating differences. You simply want a world that's a mirror image of your own ideology. And here's the reality. None of you live up to the standards you proclaim. None of you are holier than thou. None of you can live up to a theocratic mainframe. You're not even trying. You simply use religion as a way in order to manipulate the masses. You see religion religion is a man made dynamic to explain divinity. But it's man made. Religion was never the goal. The goal was connection, freedom, liberation. You all are antithetical to an actual value system because the value system means you would love humanity rather than reject them. All right, Jackson, thoughts to you.
1: Yeah, and the irony of uh, people who do things like this is that they think about the LGBTQ community far more than they see or interact with them at all, you know, which because they think that these, you know, anybody who's not within their comfort zone is infringing upon their freedom, whether it be the LGBTQ uh, LGBTQ community or Latinos from the South or Blacks that are moving in from inner city areas, whoever it is as you explained, religion is just an avenue for them to purge the world of anything that's getting in the way of their everlasting righteousness or whatever it is that they're fighting for at the end of it all. But you know, these people don't know anything about the true nature of the doctrine that they say they follow, and they don't care about it either. No, uh, they you know, they don't care about it whatsoever.
0: No, not at all. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I got a question. What? in the red state hell. You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie.
1: Now what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I, never had, I hate math. Somebody say in. us to get the vax. taking pictures with the Pope will get us to all relax. Not to put fun at dementia. It's a serious disease. Disease. But come on, man. Squeeze your cheeks when you sneeze. (laughs) Uh Joe is focused on ice cream while he's crapping his pants. We want our dreams and our freedom. This is our last chance. This the hill we die on. This the line in the sand. Leave no one in the battle. Feel united we stand provided we, we all we need to finish the war they want to raise all our taxes we've done with them all around they booh with destiny take the house in 22 just try to put a mask on me you'll see red white and blue
0: I think we found corn pop This is a lame ass dis record against Joe Biden uh but naturally the guys endorsed by Donald Trump all right uh let's put this picture up He's running for the United States Congress. He calls himself J.R. Majewski. Trump-endorsed GOP candidate running for Ohio's 9th Congressional District. Uh, Due to the newly drawn congressional map, uh, the race is a toss-up, according to reports. Uh, He's also a suspected Capitol rioter. Capitol Hunters posted this about. Him saying candidate four is J.R Majewski, running for Congress in Ohio 9. Rushed in the first wave with his QAnon pal, Zach Payne, red pill uh, 78. Stay tuned, W Plaza uh, through concussion bombs and tear gas, then swore on Twitter he'd never been on illegal grounds and had been cleared by the FBI. All right, now I got to say this about Capitol Hunters. They've actually helped the FBI find a lot of these individuals who the FBI was having a trouble identifying Capitol Hunters. They have been very accurate in exposing individuals who actually committed an act of terrorism on that day. All right, uh, this is what's happening. But I do find it quite interesting that these are the individuals that reject Black culture. Until they can contextualize it in some kind of entertainment form. Oh, all of a sudden they love urban culture. Jackson thoughts.
1: Yeah, well, black culture is American entertainment culture. It's entertainment culture, the world they're over. But yeah, man, I mean, don't count this guy out. You know what I'm saying? Like anytime I see people like this, it's like, well, you know, the Republican Party has probably elected worse. I mean, there's we all know who's in there now. But uh yeah, you know, if he gets the votes, then he'll win. But uh this, this dude's name is Majewski. That uh-huh. that that's that that's all I, that's all the other left I got to say. Imagine him being in Congress. But again, don't put it past the Republican Party.
0: Yeah, you can't do that, can you? No. All right, Jackson, always a pleasure, my dear brother. Tell people how they can follow you. Check out your great work.
1: Oh Yeah, check me out on Rebel HQ. I'll drop videos Monday through Friday, just breaking down politics and what's going on and I'll actually be on with JR tomorrow on the watch list. And I'll be back here on Friday, so definitely looking forward to that.
0: Good stuff, my friend, always great to have you. We got more on the other side, the bull pit is next, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, got a lot of show love. Let me read at least one comment, we're pressed for time. Um, agnostic sister, David Pagman interviewed this guy talking about uh, the congressman rapping, he's dangerous because he can come across the same when in reality he is an effing nut job. All right, all right, sounds about right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. He's back in the bullpen today, we have Mr. Grayson Quay, Weekend editor at the Week and columnist at Spectator World. A very accomplished individual should be fun. We're gonna talk about guns in this country, gun laws, gun reform and how they may impact the upcoming election. Uh, Mr Quay, good day, welcome. Thanks for having me back, Dr. Richie, it's good to be here. Absolutely, man, good to have you back. Um, I don't want to presume what you know, believe about the gun debate in this nation. So if you would give us your sentiment and I will then opine.
3: Well, obviously I was uh, horrified by what we saw and I think that uh, maybe this time we can be a little less confrontational than last time because I I like to consider myself pretty reasonable on this issue. I'm not uh, necessarily allergic to expanding gun control somewhat in this country. Um, I think it's just a question of what's ultimately going to be the most effective way of addressing the problem and uh, what our expectations should be about uh, what we can actually accomplish.
0: Okay, I think that's a reasonable start to an answer, but it does not provide an answer. So if you would, dear brother, give us what you would actually promote, embrace and endorse as a common sense gun reform platform.
3: Well, most gun purchases are already subject to background checks. I'd be fine with expanding those further uh, in some way. Um, I'd be fine with, some version of a red flag law, although obviously uh, anything that happens uh, where they can take away someone's guns without a court proceeding makes me a little nervous. So I'd want that to be hedged in such a way uh, yeah. and then I'm honestly not uh, necessarily even allergic to the idea of having some kind of uh, some kind of an assault weapons ban um, put in place for, I don't know, 10 years or so like we did back in the, the 90s into the early 2000s. I just think the question is, I think there's a lot of uh, kind of utopian thinking on this issue where it's like, well, okay, if there were no guns in this country, what would it look like? And that's just not a realistic starting point. I think we need to start from the point that we are by far the most heavily armed country in the world. Um, that And that restricting the sale of new guns, whether it's assault weapons or high capacity magazines or something else isn't going to put an end to these mass shootings. I think even if we were to ban high capacity magazines and ban assault weapons, we would still have mass shootings at a rate far higher than we see in other countries. So
0: let me go ahead and go down this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Um, You are right, people will still kill people even if you ban particular guns. Mm -hmm. But you would not argue we need to make murder legal because people will still murder people. (laughs) Certainly not. Okay, correct, so follow me on this. Uh, When you say no guns in this country, that is a non starter. Mm -hmm. And you're correct, nobody is making that argument. Mm -hmm. No, literally nobody is making the argument that America is going to be completely disarmed. And when people bring that to the narrative, they're simply trying to dilute the reality or the severity of the situation at hand. Now you mentioned three things in particular, universal background checks, red flag laws, and a temporary ban on assault weapons. And by the way, the majority of Americans actually agree with you. And the majority of Republicans agree with the universal background check and the red flag laws, okay? Mm -hmm. But there's a disconnect between the elite executives at the NRA, the Mm -hmm. gun manufacturers and the Republicans who have decided to oppose it. But let me Mm -hmm. add something to the equation that actually would have stopped the mass killing in Texas. Mm changing the age from 18 to 21 on that level of weaponry that would have stopped that situation. Let's be very clear if Texas had a law that said you have to be 21 to get this level Mm -hmm. of weaponry in this state like other states do. Mm -hmm. If they had that law then this mass shooting would not have happened under the same circumstances. Am I correct or incorrect on that?
3: You are correct and I think I agree okay. and I agree with you on that one. I'd be totally fine with raising the age there to 21 um, and kind of leaving 18 as the, the age for
0: something like a bold action rifle perhaps. Where's the disconnect between your common sense conclusion based on gun reform and the actual Republican Party? And let me contextualize this by stating a member of Congress agreed with you. He had the audacity to agree with you. After he agreed with you, every single endorsement decided to drop him. Mm -hmm. He is now not going to run for re-election because he agrees with you. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's a red meat issue for the base in a lot of ways. And I think the NRA really punches in many ways above its weight. Uh, but I think uh, I think we'll have to pick this back up in just a second.
0: Um, All right, so we got a break coming up, so we got a commercial break. We'll come right back after the break. Stick and stay. All right, we're back. I got Mr. Uh, Grayson Quay and Mr. Quay. I'm going to ask you a question about why America. Why is it only happening in America? And let me provide this context for you. We're about, we're 20 plus weeks, I think 22 weeks into the new year, all right? Already according to NPR, we've had 246 mass shootings in the United States of America unparalleled to any other country on the planet Earth. Even when you calculate for per capita population unparalleled. Let's look at the numbers, America makes up 4.4% of the global population. But it accounts for well over 40% of all the guns on the entire planet, all right? From 1966 until modern era, over 30% of all gunmen and mass shootings worldwide are right here in the United States of America. And I know some people would like to push back and say. Well, this is about mental health, this is about, well, no, 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 no. That's not accurate because that would mean that America has a higher Mm -hmm. mental health issue in their population than any of these other countries. And the actual opposite is true. Now, Mm -hmm. our mental health capacities are not perfect and I advocate for them to be better, but in comparison to other nations, they are not abnormally higher They're lower compared to other nations based on the stats. And another study was done, I think University of Alabama. But another study that showed under 5% of uh, fatal shootings in the country are actually connected to a mental health dynamic. So what's the problem? Why is this happening in America exclusively at this level?
3: Well, I mean, part of it is what you said. I don't have any problem admitting that part of it is the fact that we're an incredibly uh, highly armed society uh-huh. by worldwide standards. That's right. Um, at the same time, we've had times in American history where firearms were much more available which, with much fewer restrictions. And we didn't see shooting, uh, shootings, mass shootings and school shootings at nearly the rate that we do now. School shootings are virtually unheard of in American history up until the 1970s. And then there's one maybe every few years. Um, and then ever since uh, Columbine especially, it's just been one right after the other it seems like. So there is an element I think of, of a, whatever you wanna call it, a social contagion or a spiritual sickness. Um, it's something more than just the guns I think, but I'm not gonna say it has nothing to do with the guns. All
0: right, so so I appreciate you at least nodding to the fact that it has something to do with the reality of how many guns we have. Mm-hmm. Let me push back on your narrative about there was a time where people had more access to guns. That's that's somewhat true, but it's not part, is not the entire story. The era that you're really referring to, you're talking about low capacity weapons. These weapons did not have the capacity to commit the carnage that's being committed today. Sure, but so it's
3: not the case that people were going in and shooting two classmates with a bolt action rifle instead of 40 with an AR 15. They just weren't shooting any of their classmates. So, where do you think it comes from? Like I said, I think there's a spiritual sickness here, and I think there's something to do with um, imitation, perhaps you really see them kind of building off of each other and feeding off of itself in some way. It's it's, it's hard to put your finger on, I think. you think it has
0: anything to do with parents teaching their children that they are being replaced by blacks, browns and Jews. Do you think it comes from that at all? Do you think that's part of some of the makeup here? I don't think so necessarily. I think that
3: you see, I think that you see people of um, of a variety of backgrounds and political beliefs uh, Mm -hmm. shooting up schools, including
0: that one. Yes. Okay. But I mean, I could. That's included in that.
3: I mean, I wouldn't turn around and try to blame uh, gun violence on uh, Bernie Sanders' rhetoric, uh, even though the man who shot up the congressional baseball game several years ago was a a diehard Bernie Sanders supporter. Yeah, but I'm. I just think at this point it becomes unproductive.
0: Personality. Yeah. I'm comparing it to political ideologies that coexist, but they don't. They coexist, but they repel each other. Let me give Okay, you another sure, well example. then
3: what about the New York City subway shooter who was a black nationalist or the man who ran down that Christmas right. parade and, in Wisconsin? And,
0: and listen, I agree with you wholeheartedly, so I'm gonna get into that as well. These political ideologies, they coexist, but they repel each other. Now, mm-hmm. if you go to the guy who was um, on the uh, subway, well, he did have an actual history of mental health disorder. But he was called a terrorist immediately. And I think his actions were 100% evil against those that he decided to injure. And, and it, is, it is worthy to note that he was 100% for Donald Trump according to the rhetoric of his own writing. But you, you don't think this culture has become much more divisive, much more aggressive against the common person against just common humanity, differences are no longer celebrated, no longer tolerated in America. We're saying things that we really can't take back. Once you say things like somebody needs to die, you can't take those things back. You have devalued their entire humanity. But that's the rhetoric you hear primarily from the movements on the right. You don't think that has issue here.
3: I agree with you that we're in a dark place as a society. the more that people acknowledge that, the less willing they're gonna be to give up their guns, not more willing.
0: Well, that's why you have laws and policy. All right, mm-hmm. I'm giving, I'm, they're telling me it's time to wrap up. All right, mm-hmm. I wanna bring you back. We got another show coming up. I was having uh, fun,
3: Dr. Richie. All right,
0: I know, man, I know, we'll bring you back though. Quay, always good to have you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. What do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad,
1: great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back.
0: People still need health care, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop. And you won't stop either.